So recently, I was uh, struggling with a little insomnia. It was about 3 a.m. in the morning, about a week ago. And I really couldn't sleep, so I, I just gave up on it. And I decided to listen to a lecture by a well-known, you know, wonderful Jewish scholar. And as I was listening to him, I noticed that he wasn't quoting any women. I was getting a little frustrated. Um, but before I got too frustrated, I fell asleep. And I dreamt that I was listening to his lecture. And I was trying to tell him, like, you're not quoting any women. I was trying to tell him, but he couldn't hear me. And I kept mouthing the words, like, you're not, you're not quoting him. And the words couldn't come out. And I kept trying to tell him again and again that there was something off about his lecture, that it was, there was something really patriarchal in the structure of it. Um, it wasn't only that he wasn't quoting, it was, it was more than that. And I woke up. And he was still giving the lecture. I guess it wasn't that long. And he was still not quoting any women. So this inability to speak or the inability to be heard brings us right to our Parsha, right to the book of Exodus. And in fact, it starts in the last Parsha with Moshe, with Moses at the burning bush. God is charging Moses with this you know, huge mission. And Moses keeps saying, no, I can't do it. And he says to God, I've never been a man of words, either in times past or now that you've spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And then in this week's Parsha, the Israelites are not listening to Moshe. And Moshe says, the Israelites won't even listen to me. How can, how would Pharaoh possibly listen? And I am of four-skinned lips, and the ani arels for time. What an image! What does that mean? Now, on one level, it probably means that there's something about Moshe's feeling about his own language, his own ability to speak that's not sanctified, that's impure, that's blocked, that's stuck. He can't get the words out. And when you read the book of Exodus, in fact, throughout, there is an inability, there's a communication problem, right? Moses can't speak. Pharaoh doesn't listen. The Israelites don't listen to the message of freedom that Moshe tries to give them. When he said to them, when Moshe said to them, that God would free them, right, and take them to this incredible land. Um, the Torah tells us they would not listen for their spirits were crushed by cruel bondage, right? Lo sham u el moshem literally shortness of breath, ume avodakasha, cruel bondage. Um, and Rashi has this great image. Rashi says, 11th century French commentator says, if one is in anguish, his breath comes in short gasps, and he cannot draw long breaths. And indeed, the Israelites don't find a voice, don't find language until they're path going through the Reed Sea. Until then, they groan, they moan, they cry out, but they don't really have many words. And when they're passing through the Reed Sea, they find song. Right, Az Yashir Moshe, 
Ubnei Israel et hashira hazot that Moses Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. But the real miracle is not in this song; it's that they sang, they found their voices. And in fact, the Kabbalists in the Zohar, right, that that classical work of uh, mystical literature, tells us that when the Israelites were in slavery. Language itself, speech itself, was an exile. Dibur begalut, right? There was really, I mean, I think what the Kabbalists really understood deeply is that, at least in part, on some level, slavery is a problem of communication, of having a story to tell. And if you think about it, Passover is the holiday par excellence when we tell our story. That's what it means to be free. But I want to go a little deeper than that. I want to ask, why couldn't B'nai Israel? Why couldn't the Israelites hear the message of freedom? Was something going on for them psychologically that they couldn't hear it? Was it only the hard bondage? Was there only their suffering? I'm sure that was a lot. But I want to kind of pull out a narrative thread, a red narrative thread, that goes from the book of Genesis until now to help us understand who the Israelites were. There's something really interesting, and it's not discussed a lot. When the Israelite family, right, when, the, when they were still a family, just Jacob's sons and Jacob, got to Egypt, it turns out the Egyptians would not sit with the Hebrews. Why? Because the Hebrews were literally an abomination to the Egyptians. Right? It says um, they were a to'eva, right? Something absolutely disgusting. So what is going on there? And Joseph instructs his brothers this very strange thing. When Pharaoh summons you and says, what is your occupation? What do you do? Don't tell them that you're shepherds. Don't, don't tell them. Tell them that you breathe livestock. Because for all shepherds are abhorrent, and there's that word again, to'avat. To'avat Mitzrayim, all shepherds are abhorrent to Egyptians, right? So here the Israelite family is told to hide what they really do, right? They're supposed to be, they're supposed to act like imposters in Egypt, who they very are, who they, I'm sorry, who they are in their core is an abomination to the Egyptians. One could only imagine that they internalize this message, this sense of shame. And it carries us to our own Parsha because Pharaoh tells Moshe to go and sacrifice to God in Egypt. But Moses says, no, 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 we can't do it in Egypt because what we would sacrifice, presumably sheep, <laughs> would be untouchable, would be an, ab there's that word again, an abomination. To'avat um, mitzrayim, right? Um, would be an abomination to the Egyptians, and they will stone us. So there's something about the Israelites that's fundamentally dirty, disgusting, disgusting, abominable. So there's a lot to say about why, what's going on here. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but in the Torah, shepherds, right, is like the most valued profession. Right? Abraham was a shepherd, Isaac was a shepherd, Jacob was a shepherd, Rachel was a shepherd, Moses was a shepherd. 
Um, King David was a shepherd, right? This, this is like, this is where you learn how to be a leader, right? From spiritual, emotional attunement to animals and for not staying in one place, right? There's something, you know, that ref reflects the Torah's values in that profession. But I think really the point here is the power of shame to enslave and to silence, to silence our souls, to erase our stories. We're not allowed to be who we are because we've internalized something shameful society or our families have told us. Maybe it being female, maybe being older, maybe being a person of color, maybe being a Jew, or maybe just maybe having a body, being human, vulnerable, fallible. Maybe just being is not okay, is shameful, shuts us up, silences us, prevents us from speaking our truth, speaking out. About once a week at least, I read a story in the New York Times that makes me cry or some other publication. And I read this opinion piece by Dr. Daniela J. Lamas. It was called An ICU Doctor's Message of Hope Amid Omicron. I hope that the content will not be triggering. It'll be about um, getting vaccinated. But really, my point here is about shame. So listen to the story. She says, down the hall, a colleague called me over, a patient I had cared for one night some weeks ago, a mother in her 30s with the coronavirus and severe respiratory failure was finally being discharged to a long-term acute care hospital. I peered in behind the curtain. She was awake, profoundly weak, but alive. Earlier that day, my colleague had explained to her what had happened during her long hospital stay and what might come next in rehab. Then he paused and shifted his tone, telling his patient that she should let go of whatever guilt or shame she might be carrying over not getting vaccinated. She had made a mistake, but what is a hospital? if not a place where we care without judgment for the many consequences of human fallibility. I'm going to rephrase those words. What is a spiritual community if not a place where we care without judgment for the many consequences of human fallibility? Where we cannot shame others, not blame others, but set them free so that they can act differently with forgiveness, with understanding, with recognition. That's who we are and that's who we have to be. That's who we're invited to be this new year. That is the only thing that will set us free from our past, this night of renewal. And I'll bring us to a landing with a poem. My soul, she's mute. They say she's cute, plays the lute, but she hates being silent. It erases her story takes her glory. It's a sad game full of shame, but she can reclaim, proclaim her soul in eternal flame because she's on fire. She inspires. She's had enough with liars. Telling her her wires are mired in filth, so admire her. She's tired of silence, of compliance with the Pharaoh, with her captor, so stop slapping her. Clap for her. She needs a new alliance with divinity, a new affinity, with infinity, renewed vitality, fecundity in the vicinity of the sacred. It's not about her ability. She's pure electricity, divine serendipity. So let's move beyond feminine fragility to ferocity 
Instead of ne neutrality and banality, it's time to fully interconnect, intersect, genuflect, resurrect her from the dead. It's time to live a different life. No more strife within, release her from her bonds of shame, let her open her mouth and name, tell her story in her glory. It's not allegory, it's beyond all category. It's auditory. So tell, don't sell, don't own, ring her bell, don't quell her voice. Make a choice, elevate, celebrate soul, be bold, open your mouth, let your voice ring out, shout out, sing out. Take wing, cause story is the soul's offspring. My dream is to be someone from whom language just flows, just blows through like the wind, not laden with sin and blame. To be remembered as the one who sang out, rang it out, didn't run south, silent with shame, trying to mouth out the words. Remember me as the one who spoke, who broke the conspiracy of silence, speaking, shrieking, squeaking, Reeking like Eve, seeking endless names for all this, nothing the same, this bliss of reality, divine sensuality, naked poetry, new sound, become your word goes round and round, fecundity were found in your song and your praise. God, open my lips and my mouth will speak your praise, divine, sublime, rhyming, chiming. Not miming. Shabbat shalom.